Hello, and welcome back to the Little Ray of Health podcast. I am your host and hormone health bestie, Emily Ray. I'm a certified holistic health coach, and I help women balance their hormones naturally using food as medicine. Today's episode is another Instagram Q&A. I love doing these because I feel like I love answering questions on Instagram. I get so many good ones, but I just can't fully answer them the way that I want to answer them in one simple Instagram slide, like one story slide does not give me enough room to dive into so many of these juicy questions that you ask me. So I feel like this podcast is the perfect place. Whenever I do a questions box on my Instagram story, I get probably 150 questions, which is wild. It honestly, it takes me so much time to like sift through them and figure out which ones I want to answer because they're always all so good and I want to answer them all, but I can only answer like usually 10 to 15. And even that takes me a really long time. So they vary from anything, right? Hormones, gut health, travel, relationships, personal questions, TMI questions, which if you're ever wondering like, should I ask Emily this question? It might be TMI. Nothing is TMI here. Believe me, my five years of being a horth, uh, horth coach, hormone health coach, gut health coach, I have seen it all. I've heard it all. Nothing is off limits. Nothing is TMI. I don't want you to ever feel embarrassed. Ask me questions about your health, your gut health, your hormones, your body. Like everything is safe here, okay? And I hope you guys love these podcast episodes too. Let me know. DM me on Instagram. Let me know if you like them or if you're like, no, just give us like normal, straightforward episodes. I don't want to listen to you answer questions. Um, I will accept any and all feedback. But with that being said, let's dive in. Okay, so the first question is, what are my thoughts on dairy? This is a very, very nuanced question. Dairy is such a hot topic, especially in like the PCOS, hormone balance, gut health community. And especially when it comes to like pro-metabolic people, they will tell you drink raw milk, drink a gallon of raw milk a day. It's so nourishing and so healthy, but it can be really detrimental to people who have poor gut health. Can it help heal in some way? Yes, but it really depends on the person. It depends on your individual intolerances. If you have lactose issues, if you have food allergies, if you have gut issues, autoimmune, all of those should be taken into account when deciding whether or not you want to add or reintroduce dairy into your diet. Now, I will say if you are going to do dairy, make sure it is grass-fed and organic always. If it's not grass-fed and organic, I won't touch it. With the occasion of like, if I go to a restaurant and sometimes there's ice cream with a dessert, I'll have a bite. Or obviously restaurants are going to use butter that's probably not grass fed. But if I'm purchasing it to use in my home, whether it's half and half, milk, butter, sour cream, cream cheese, cottage cheese, I always make sure it's at least, at the very least organic and I try to buy grass fed. I also do A2 dairy and this is a question I get asked all the time so I'll try to answer it here. People say, what's the deal with A2 dairy? What does it mean? So back in the day, all of the cows were A2 cows, which A2 is the name of the casein protein in milk. So all cows were A2-A2 casein protein. Now, other things that are A2 are goat cheese and sheep's milk cheese. So if you are someone who has issues with lactose, but you find that you can totally have goat cheese, Chances are A2 dairy will be totally safe for you. But like I was saying, back in the day, before we started breeding cows and doing all these crazy factory farming things, 
all cows were A2 dairy cows. Now, in the process of us breeding and GMOs and all of this crazy stuff, cows nowadays produce A1-A2 casein protein. This is something that's totally different. Our bodies are not used to it. This is out of the norm. This is something different than what we've been consuming for a very long time. And so when people say that they're lactose intolerant, a lot of the time it's the A1 casein protein that they're having issues with. So I always encourage you if you have issues with dairy to try A2 dairy first. And Alexandra Family Farm is my favorite brand. If you go on their website, they'll have a store locator, see where you can find it near you. But they are regeneratively farmed A2 organic grass-fed cows. It is so delicious. When I tried this and I realized that I could tolerate it, I was so happy because I had at that point cut out dairy for so long. I thought I couldn't have it. I thought it would give me acne, stomach issues, bloating, digestive issues. But I can tolerate A2 dairy like a dream. It's totally fine. I put A2 half and half in my coffee. I use A2 milk. Um, I, what else? Oh, I eat A2 ice cream without an issue. So it has brought so much joy back into my life, realizing that I can tolerate A2 dairy. I will also say that if you're someone who has issues with all dairy, that it can be a gut health problem. And if you heal and seal your gut, you might be able to reintroduce it but not everyone can. So I really caution you when you're watching these pro-metabolic accounts and like really ancestral accounts pushing raw dairy and raw milk and all of that. If you can't tolerate it, you can't tolerate it. And I wouldn't force your body to try to accept it. I would work on healing your gut, try to reintroduce that, or maybe just stick to A2 dairy. Now I'm getting a lot of questions about the copper IUD and I do talk about it in my birth control episode, but Here's the lowdown on the copper IUD, and a lot of women and doctors will push it because it's non-hormonal. So it gets kind of like the trophy in the birth control sector because it doesn't have hormones and it's so much better. But first of all, it's copper. It's a heavy metal, so copper toxicity is definitely an issue. It is a foreign object in your body, so there's that. Your body is going to react. It is going to cause inflammation, and the reason it works is by inflaming the uterus and causing inflammation so that nothing can stick. That is not to say that an egg will not be fertilized, okay? It is not stopping ovulation, and it is not stopping fertilization. So if fertilization does occur, it cannot implant, and your body would just pass the fertilized egg. So there's that. I know that's a, that's a very big moral issue, I mean, to me and to a lot of women. So I think that's so important to talk about that, but also... What they're finding, this data is showing us that that inflammation in the uterus is not localized and it actually spreads to the entire body. So I know a lot of women who went on the copper IUD because they thought it was non-hormonal, they thought it was better, and they ended up having the absolute worst symptoms ever. And I know it's, it differs woman to woman, person to person, but I will say that most of the horror stories I've heard are a lot coming from the copper IUD. A little segue from that question Another, another one that popped up a lot is that you are wanting to get off birth control, but you don't want to get pregnant and you're not sure your options. So what I see a lot is like, Emily, I want to ditch birth control, but I, I can't get pregnant right now. Like, what can I do? And it makes me really sad that this is such a question we are taught to fear not being on birth control. We're basically taught that like, oh no, if we're not on birth control, like we're going to get pregnant. So we got to stay on birth control, which... We're only fertile six days out of the entire month. And if that we learn our ovulation, if we learn our cycle and we learn to track our fertility, 
We can abstain from sex during that time, abstain from sexual intercourse, and you're good to go the rest of the month. It's only six days that you have to worry about. So the contraceptive method that I've been practicing for six years now, I think almost six years, is the fertility awareness method. It's also known as the symptothermal method, and it involves tracking your temperature over the course of the month and also tracking your cervical fluid or your discharge over the course of the month to determine your fertile window. Now, this is 99 when practiced with perfect use. So when practiced correctly, it's over 99% effective, which is more effective than hormonal birth control. So let's just try to wrap our heads around that for a second. And why are we never taught this in school? We're never taught this by our doctor. We're just told, oh, no, you're so fertile. You need to go on birth control or you're going to get pregnant. So I just want to let you know you're out there. You want to ditch birth control, but you don't want to get pregnant. There are options for you. The fertility awareness method is amazing. I have a 90-minute masterclass on it inside my course, and then I also have a whole module on cycle tracking. And I will say I was also one of those women who was terrified to get off birth control. I probably waffled back and forth for at least six months before I was finally so miserable that I decided anything was better than being on birth control. Um, I really had, when I was on birth control, the worst symptoms. I had no sex drive at all. So I was like, well, I might as well get off birth control if I'm already not having sex. I don't have to worry about getting pregnant. So at that point, I was desperate for anything that was going to make me feel like myself again, that was going to make me feel happy again. So I got off birth control. It truly was one of the best things that I ever did. I never looked back. I've never had one scare. I've been practicing FAM for five years now. So it is amazing. It changed my life. Next up, a very popular question as well, and that is usually, what are good breakfast ideas that don't involve eggs? A lot of people, eggs give them the ick. I'm going through that right now. I haven't had eggs in probably a year, at least. I definitely, I feel like I've talked about this on one of the recent podcast episodes, but you guys, you can eat anything for breakfast. Anything can be breakfast. Breakfast foods like are a scam, pastries, pancakes, waffles, biscuits, muffins, they're all a scam. So honestly, half the time I do leftovers, dinner leftovers for breakfast. You want to go for a savory breakfast over sweet. This is going to help stabilize your blood sugar over the course of the day. So I would say that going for foods that aren't traditional breakfast foods is going to be the best way to go. So a lot of the times like I'll have a burger for breakfast or I'll just have maybe some chia seed pudding with some organic breakfast sausage and maybe a protein shake also on the side for an extra boost of protein. You always want to aim for at least 30 grams of protein at breakfast. This is going to be the best for metabolism and stabilizing blood sugar and reducing cravings over the course of the day. Moving on to period products. What period products do I use? This has changed over the past few years. I will say I still am not like a a cup girl. I don't use a menstrual cup. I don't use a disc just not my thing. I do not want to insert something into my body that just feels wrong to me. It feels like going against nature. So lately, what I've been doing for probably the past mm, four to six months, I would say, is I either use period underwear and I use the brand Cora or I use pads. So I'll either buy organic cotton pads or cotton period underwear. You do want to be aware of some of the brands out there. I think Thinks is one of the ones that's kind of under fire for having polyester and just really bad chemicals inside the underwear. 
So I've been using Cora pads or Cora period underwear. And I mean, what little period pain I had before, which is mainly like a dull aching coming from my uterus area, um, is now next to nothing. It's basically nothing. I really do think tampons, I think inserting a foreign object is going to create inflammation. It's going to make it tender and it's going to make it sore. And I have noticed a dramatic decrease in any like dull aching or soreness or anything of that sort on my period since I switched to period underwear and pads. It's amazing. And if I am going to go to the gym or something like that, I will wear a tampon. I do have some just in case I need them. Obviously, with certain outfits and things like that, you can't always wear period underwear or a pad. But I would say 95% of the time, I'm using pads or underwear. Okay, this is a really interesting one. And this is about MSG. So if you don't know what MSG is, it's a food additive. The full name is monosodium glutamate. And it is technically created, it's man-made, so it's a chemical process, and it enhances the flavors of food. It's in a lot of Asian cooking. Um, Chinese food usually has MSG, but it's also in some snacks. I think there's been a lot of like ruckus about it, so it's been taken out of a lot of foods, but it's still in some out there, and it's really a flavor enhancer. And a lot of people hate on it. My biggest issue with MSG is that it makes food it makes food hyper palatable. So it's enhancing the flavor more than it naturally would be flavorful, and that's what I have an issue with. So these foods that are hyper palatable, right? Potato chips, french fries, they're high fat, high carb, high um, salt content. That's what makes them so addicting. So that's my biggest issue, issue with MSG is that it just makes foods more addicting, more hyper palatable and harder to stop eating. Okay, this is one of those like TMI questions that I get that I'm like, girl, this is not TMI. I had someone ask, how often should a healthy person pass gas? So basically, what's a normal amount to pass gas? Now, I will be honest, you might think I'm lying. I pass gas, like I deal with gas maybe once a month, maybe, if that, you guys can ask my boyfriend, hand on the Bible, I swear to God, I'm not lying. I'm not saying like, girls don't fart. They definitely do. I just, after cleaning up my diet and healing my gut and cutting out foods that really irritate my gut, I don't struggle with it at all. So I'll say like a normal amount is probably occasionally, like on occasion, if you eat something that upsets your stomach, you're going to deal with gas and painful bloating. But if you are passing gas on the daily, all day, that's not normal. That's a sign of like gut dysbiosis. There might be something going on, maybe some gut issues, but I would first heal your gut and then see what happens. Oh, okay. This is a really good one. This is about reducing EMF exposure and how do I reduce EMF, EMF exposure through lifestyle and like household tips. So first off, what are EMFs? EMFs are electromagnetic frequencies, and they're emitted from basically anything electric, anything with a battery, anything plugged in, and that goes for your phone, your laptop, your headphones, if you have Bluetooth headphones, your TV, your Wi-Fi router, your receiver, if you have an Alexa, it's that. So, so many things in our daily life, especially because nowadays, like smart home technology is such a rampant thing. 
Um, and I will say in our house, we do not have an Alexa. We have our Wi-Fi connected to a timer. So we have it plugged into a timer and our Wi-Fi turns off at night and then turns back on in the morning. So we reduce EMF exposure during sleep time, which is the most important time. I When I go on walks, if I walk, like if I'll put my phone in my fanny pack, I turn it on airplane mode. There are some brands out there that sell like EMF blocking little purses and little fanny packs. And I have looked into that. I'm not sure the brands though. If I find them, I'll link them below. But you can do that or you can just put it on airplane mode. So it's reducing the EMF exposure. If you sleep with your cell phone in your bedroom with you, which I know most people do, I definitely do, try to keep it at least 14 inches away from your head while you're sleeping and put it on airplane mode or put it in some kind of protective case. I know Smart Shield sells them. Smart Shield is a really good brand. Um, they have a lot of products. There's also a brand called Lambs. So like if you're traveling, if you're on a plane, airplanes are basically big EMF tin cans. So if you think when you're in an airplane, you're literally just in a big canister. And if everyone on the airplane is on their phones, all that EMF is just bouncing off the walls and you are just getting blasted. So Lamb's Clothing, they make EMF blocking beanies, shirts, sweatshirts, blankets, underwear, so that you can protect all of your organs including your brain, which that segues into headphones. Wired headphones are the move, okay? No more Bluetooth headphones, ditch your AirPods. AirPods are actually the worst out of all of the Bluetooth headphones because AirPods speak to each other. So each AirPod speaks to each other. So it's sending signals basically through your brain, which is crazy. So if you're gonna choose Bluetooth headphones, choose a different brand at least, but corded or wired headphones are the best option. I know they're inconvenient, so if you're at the gym or something like that, maybe get, I have the Bose Quiet Comfort 45s, and they have a cord, but you can remove it. So while I'm working out, I do take the cord off. To me, workouts are so good for you, so it's one of those things that has more pros than cons. So during my 30 to 40 minute workout, I remove the cord, I use them wirelessly, and then I'm done. Next question is what supplements, what are my top supplements that I would recommend to everyone? I love this question. There are three of my top supplements. Number one is going to be a beef organ complex. This takes the place of a multivitamin. It's bioavailable. It's packed with so many vitamins and minerals and nutrients. It's amazing. I've been taking it for so long. It improved my skin. It improved my energy. I felt better. I looked better. I just, I love it so much. So I take the Paleo Valley brand, Beef Organ Complex. It is linked below. You can shop through my link and you don't need a discount code. The discount's automatically applied at checkout. Um, I also use from Paleo Valley. These are not necessary supplements, but I use their turmeric supplement and their whole food vitamin C supplement to help support my immune system. But next up, after a beef organ supplement, I would definitely say colostrum. This is the newest thing I have added to my supplement stack, and I am now never going to go a day without it. It has improved my gut health tremendously. It has improved my immune health, my allergy response, and studies show that, especially the brand that I'm going to talk about is Armra Colostrum. This is not sponsored. I just love them so much. It helped prevent the flu more than the flu vaccine. How wild is that? I don't know if I'm going to get censored on a podcast platform for saying that, 
but that's wild. And it's a whole food supplement. So the colostrum they use is ethically sourced from family owned dairy farms across the U.S., And when I say ethically, so cows produce, mama cows produce way more colostrum than their babies need. So these farms only use the colostrum after these babies get fully fed. So I can only vouch for Armra, but I know that's ethically sourced. It is such a dairy superfood. And Armra, like they take out the casein and the fat in the process. So it's super easy to digest. And even people with dairy issues, Again, the casein is removed, so people with dairy issues digest it very well, including me, and in fact, I feel like it's improved my response to dairy so much. So I'd say beef organ complex, colostrum, and then lastly is going to be magnesium, and you want a magnesium complex with all the different forms of magnesium. There's so many different kinds that are all good for different things. So for example, magnesium citrate is really good for helping constipation. There's magnesium malate, threonate, bisglycinate, which is good for sleep and like muscles. So you want to get a magnesium complex. The one that I love, I don't have a code, but I will link it below. It's BioOptimizers Magnesium Breakthrough. So those are my three top supplements. And the reason I say to supplement with magnesium, it is such an important mineral like it's just so so good for you it's needed in basically every process and due to like the depletion of our soils over time we cannot get enough magnesium from our food so this is one of those things that it is necessary absolutely necessary to supplement with magnesium I will say if there's one more that I could add to that list that I recently started taking and I've noticed massive improvements it is aminos specifically essential amino acids not branched chain amino acids. These are not your classic gym rat, like Cellucor, BCAAs, essential amino acids. Your body, if something is essential, it means your body can't make it. So you need to get it from outside sources. So I've been using the Keon essential aminos, the mango flavor. I love it so much. I just add a scoop to my water with my um, electrolytes and it's delicious and I'm getting extra aminos. Now, aminos are the building blocks of protein, and you need them. Like I said, they're essential. Your body can't make them. Your body needs them to make proteins. So the more you can get, the more proteins you can synthesize, and the better your health will be. Okay, I saw this question a couple times, so I thought I'd answer it. What day of the month should ovulation ideally take place? Now, everyone is different, but on average, it's going to be between days 14 and 16 of your cycle or 13 to 16. I ovulate personally, I ovulate on day 15. I have been that way for like three years straight now. Never missed a month, never late, never earlier, day 15 every single month. Now this is where period apps get it wrong. So every woman is different and those like cheap little free period apps that just put a little flower on day 14 of your cycle, that doesn't give you any insight. That doesn't tell you like, oh, hey, by the way, you're actually fertile five days before that as well, and you might not actually ovulate on that day. If you're stressed, if you're inflamed, it could be delayed. So this is why it is so, so important to track your cycle, track your ovulation, track your temperatures daily so that you can get a better gauge on your health. Another reason why I encourage all women to track their temperature daily with a BBT thermometer, that is the special kind of thermometer that you'll need to track your cycle. It's just more accurate and it goes to two decimal points 
um, instead of just one, which is a classic thermometer. But your temperature can actually give you some really good insights on your metabolism. So your metabolism and your thyroid function, if you have temperatures in the sub-97s, so under 97 degrees, there are a chance that you have some kind of slow metabolism or thyroid, sluggish thyroid, and that should definitely be addressed. Usually this is due to like chronic stress or inflammation, under eating or over exercising. Those are probably the most common things that I see besides just classic like long-term chronic stress. So having just a stressful life, right? A stressful job, stressful relationship, stressful environment. Okay, now I'm going to answer some fun questions. This is a what would you rather question. And it is you have to choose one evil for the rest of your life. Nut or oat milk only or farm raised fish. This is really hard. I would probably, okay, if I get to choose between nut and oat milk, I would probably choose cashew milk over farm raised fish. But if I'm between oat milk and farm raised fish, I'm going to choose farm-raised fish every time. Oat milk is so bad for your blood sugar. Also, oats are heavily sprayed with glyphosate. So especially if they're not organic, you're going to get a lot of chemicals, a lot of pesticides, a lot of herbicides in there. They spike your blood sugar. And there are literally no nutritional reasons to drink oat milk. At least nut milks, you have healthy fats and omegas. Coconut milk, again, you're getting some healthy fats to stabilize blood sugar. Oat milk is just carbs in a blender with water and usually a crap ton of sugar. Okay, I found another what would you rather. If you had to choose regular gluten-filled bun or french fries fried in seed oils. And 100%, well, I have an actual gluten issue. So I would definitely say the fries fried in seed oils. Seed oils are going to be easier to combat the inflammation of versus the gluten-filled, probably chemical and nasty ingredient-filled bun. Okay, last question I'm going to answer, and this is they're asking me to share some a key fertility tip. And I will, I'll give you a couple because I, it's hard to pick just one. If I had to pick just one, it would probably be eating an anti-inflammatory diet if you're not already. So cutting out refined sugars, refined carbs, gluten, corn, soy, most dairy, um, but if I had to pick one that was probably more specific that people don't really think about, it would be reducing the toxins in your home. So reducing environmental toxins, buying organic bedding, um, buying really good body wash, filtering your water, using an air filter in your house, reducing air fresheners, getting rid of candles. There's so many environmental toxins that we're exposed to in our own homes that are completely in our control and that adds so much to our toxic load and can make a huge difference when it comes to fertility. Okay, this is officially the last question and it is, this is a very specific one. So this is asking for tips to improve metabolism for someone with Hashimoto's. So Hashimoto's is a thyroid condition and is underactive. So it's a mix between hyper and hypothyroidism kind of mixed into one. It's an autoimmune disorder. And I actually have a few close friends that have it. I know a lot of women um, that it is affecting. And I will say that you can most definitely reduce your Hashi symptoms without being on birth control, without having some medical interventions. Diet and lifestyle make a huge difference. And honestly, these are gonna be my top tips for almost any woman in general. 
One is going to be eating a protein-forward breakfast within one hour of waking up. And you've heard me say this. I will shout it from the rooftops. I will say it until I lose my voice. Eating a protein-forward breakfast within one hour of waking up and reducing overall stress. So reducing intense workouts, reducing emotional stress for sure, meditating, taking time for yourself, practicing self-care, not staying up late, especially not staying up late scrolling or on screens, trying to go to bed before 10 p.m. And then lastly, your diet. So avoiding gluten, corn, soy, and dairy, and really focusing on organic grass-fed red meat. Those are probably my two top diet tips. With Hashimoto's and with any thyroid condition, gluten can be super inflammatory and corn can be a big cross-reactor and as well as oats. So if you're someone who's struggling with a thyroid condition, Hashimoto's, hypothyroid, I would really suggest cutting out oats as well. Oats are really high on the cross-reactive list with gluten. And what that means is when you have any kind of autoimmune issues, gluten is a big trigger and the protein structure of oats is so similar to gluten that if your body is on high alert and your immune system is just spiked, your body is going to react to anything that it perceives that looks anything like gluten. So again, I really encourage you to cut out gluten, oats, corn, soy, dairy, and a lot of these conventionally raised um, meats. So going for grass-fed organic whenever possible. A little shameless plug, but if you are looking for the easiest way, the easiest, quickest path to balance hormones, I highly recommend if you haven't already looking into my online course, The Balance Bay Blueprint, which teaches you how to use food as medicine to balance your hormones, heal your cycle for all day energy, a fiery metabolism, effortless weight loss and management, easy pain-free periods, clear skin, stable moods, no PMS, the list goes on and on and on. You've heard me talk about it before. You can click the link in the show notes to read more. You can go on my Instagram to see testimonials. I have a BBB wins highlight and there is just win after win after win. I couldn't be happier or more proud of my clients and the women inside the Balance Bay Blueprint who have changed their lives. Over 1,500 women have enrolled. So, okay, end, ending the shameless plug. But I really, I've just seen the way that this course and this protocol has changed the lives of so many women, including me. I'm like the original balanced babe that this, everything that I did to heal my gut, restore my metabolism and balance my hormones, I teach you inside the Balanced Babe Blueprint. So I will just leave that there. You can also check out my free masterclass, which is like kind of a sneak peek into the course that is also linked in the show notes. And let me know, like I said, if you enjoy these Q&As, I think the next one, I want to do like a juicy personal Q&A of just like not safe for work questions. I think that would just be really fun to have some off the wall TMI questions. So let me know if you want me to do that. I'll throw a questions box up on my Instagram stories. But until then, thank you so much for listening. I love you so much and I'll see you in the next episode.